I'll just leave it here. They said, well, how are you going to get them home? He said, my genies are going to be at the bus stop waiting on me. He had bought us two wagons. Y'all remember the red flyer wagons? Back in the day, we had a big one and a small one. Called my mom and he said, make sure the boys are down at the street at 114th and miles. It was late at night. Then me and my brother walking down the street. We're standing there and the bus driver said, I don't see nobody. He said, don't worry about it. My boys are going to be there. He said, I don't see nobody. He said, don't worry about it. My boys are going to be there. He pulls up and he says, I told you, my boys are going to be there. And there we are standing there chain gaining the groceries from the bus into the wagon. My dad gets off the bus and there we are pulling the groceries home. Think about it. Think about it. The relentless father. The pressure that we have to please people. I know what it is to be a father when people look at you and say, you ain't doing what you're doing to provide for your family. Well, if you put my shoes on, maybe you'll see how it feels to provide when you really don't have it to provide. And everybody's saying that you're not good enough. And society says that you're not taking care of your business and you want to cry and you want to give up. But can I talk to you today about the relentless father in Proverbs 13, 22, it says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for righteousness. Somebody say the relentless father. Come on now, don't get quiet on me now. Don't, don't, don't get quiet on me now because when we look at fathers, fathers are, are strong, but guess what? We have some weak points in our life. We have some weak areas in our life. And we're raising a generation of men to be insensitive to their weak areas that they experience. And that's why we cheat, commit adultery, we drink it away, we smoke it away, pornography. Because we've never been taught that it's okay to be weak. We've never been taught that it's okay to have a struggle. We've never been taught that it's okay to make a mistake. We've been taught that when you make a mistake, don't tell your wife, don't tell your family, don't tell your children because you're going to be seen as a failure. But I want to talk about three areas today of a relentless father. When we think about it, keep your dream alive and understand that to achieve it, I'm, I'm reading in the wrong notes. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm reading in the wrong notes. That's the, ah, here we go. Here we go. The relentless father. Being relentless means demanding more of yourself than anyone else could ever demand of you. Knowing that every time you stop, you can still do more. You must do more. My dad understood that I got to get these groceries home and I don't have anybody that can come and pick me up. I got to do what I need to do. Relentless is a demanding spirit. The relentless father, those fathers that accept the role of strength and grace to lead, parent, and guide their families through the obstacles of life. What does relentless mean? Showing or promising no abatement of severity, intensity, strength, or pace. 
What does a father represent? A male parent or a man who has begotten a child, begotten, brought into existence by a parent. I want to talk about three characteristics of a relentless father. I want you to see it today, and I, and I want you to begin to find peace in your life. A relentless father. Number one, a relentless father is relentless in readjusting their faith. When we think about this characteristic, we think about the Bible historical narrative of Abraham. Abraham was a man who was strong, but he was relentless in readjusting his faith in certain areas. He has to readjust his faith as it concerns his life and wealth. He has to ask the question, why is this happening at this point? He's relentless in readjusting his faith as it pertains to his family and his possessions. What do I take and what do I leave behind? Relentless in readjusting their faith, their plans of starting over in a new and unfamiliar place. A new and unfamiliar place when we think about the relentless father. Fathers are relentless in readjusting their faith. God tells you to get up and go. He tells you to leave your country. And then he tells you that I will show you a place. But I will not show you the place until you go and until you leave all that is familiar to you. Man, that, that is relentless. You've got to be relentless. Our fathers have been relentless and readjusting their faith to trust in God. Abraham was chosen to embark upon a faith journey of the unknown. It was his relentless faith and trust in God that brought him through. Relentless readjusting represents the place where we have to do what? Reposition ourselves for the moment we're living in. If you really want to look at the life of a father and the responsibility, uh, relentless readjusting has everything to do with learning how to reposition your family at a moment's notice. Learning how to reposition your wealth and your possessions at a moment's notice. When, when God speaks, when tragedy speaks, everybody looks to the Father to do what? To reposition the mindset. I, I want to encourage fathers, be strong and relentless in readjusting your position in the moment that you're living in now. Sometimes it's easy to look into the future but it's that now moment that sometimes that comes to affect us. What am I going to do? How am I going to move my family? How are we going to survive? Because guess what? Sometimes your money is not what you need. It is the relentless readjusting of your faith. Because some things you won't be able to see. But if you readjust your faith for God to lead you through the doors and allow you to reposition yourself, you'll remain relentless as a father in your generation. 
How many of you can testify that you've, that you've, you've been able to see your father bounce back? You, you've been able to see him stand tall. You, you've been able to see him make a way out of no way. It's just impossible. How do we get by? How do we get by? We learn how to be relentless in readjusting and repositioning our faith. Number two. The relentless father, the characteristic of a relentless father. Number two, they're relentless in repentance and recovery. Who are we talking about here? David falls as a king. Ah, relentless in repentance and recovery. One of the greatest attributes of a father is that a father should be repentive at the moment that something happens in his life. David was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper. Uh, he was a king. He was a great general. Uh, he defeated Goliath. He killed the bear and lions. And he was a great shepherd. Uh, he, he was anointed to be the king. He was a prophet. He was a priest. But guess what? He, he fell in an area in his life. Not only did he fall, but he got the woman pregnant, he lied about it, he deceived the husband, and when it did not work, he killed the man. My God. Can, can, can I talk to you real quick? That, that's why you got to be careful about what you see, men, because sometimes what you see will cause somebody else to die. Huh? What you see doesn't belong to you. What you see is not good for you. Can I talk to you, men? You got to be careful when you see that hottie walking across the street. And you know you just didn't got into an argument with your girl. You know you're going through in your household. You, you know you're going through with your boo and your bae and you go out to the club and have a couple drinks and you see that little pretty Bathsheba not understanding that you're getting ready to create murder in somebody else's life. You're, you're getting ready to create some issues in your life that you just don't want to deal with. Sometimes you got to turn around and say, you know what? I know what I just saw, but I, I'm, I'm going to get up and I'm going to leave here. I, I, I'm going to be relentless in readjusting my faith that God can keep me. I, I don't have to fall this way. But sometimes when you fall, you got to be quick to repent. David understood that it was his repentance that would bring him back into the presence of God. But not only repentance, it was his recovery. What was his recovery and his repentance from, from the bad choices? How many fathers are still living from the bad choices that you've made in life? Can I tell you, it, it's difficult because every time you see your family, you see the bad choice you made. Every time you see that girl and every time you see your boy, your bae, whatever, uh, uh, you see the bad choices that you make because the system that we live in, uh, you go to jail for three years. And the felony is still on your record. And you can't get a job. You can't go to college. You can't go to the military. Every time you turn around, you see your mistake. But in God, God allows you to do what? He allows you to be relentless in your recovery. You've got to find a way to recover. And David went through a recovering period in his life of recovering from the disappointment, the guilt, and the shame of failing yourself, God and others. David, being who he was, a king and worshiper, found himself in a place where he needed the mercy of God to acquit him of his sinful ways. 
It was his ability to ask God for his mercy that gave David another chance at life. Here it is. Relentless, relentless repentance represents the place of a fresh start and renewed fellowship with God and one's purpose in life. When you fall, simply get up with a repentant heart. As you're falling, repent. As you're getting up, repent. But don't stay in repentance. Find a way to recover. Don't live out of repentance. Find a way to recover your dream. I know that I messed up and I know that I did this, but, but, but can, can, can I give it to you? Can, can, can I give it to you? Just because I mess up don't mean it's everybody else's business to punish me. Yeah. That's why it's so hard for men to talk because we don't want nobody negotiating and putting us on trial. I've already been on trial with God. Now I got to sit and be on trial with my mama, with my daddy, with my wife, with my girl, with my cousins, with my co. So I'm going to just be quiet and not talk to nobody and shut down. Because I got to explain myself all over again. No, no, no. The recovery period should be that, that he who messes up, it, it says that love covers a multitude of issues and sins. But men have never really received that. Think about it. Think about it. Think about our fathers today. Think about how many men are sitting at home saying, I blew it with my family. And somebody's sitting there saying, yeah, I mean, you get what you deserve. That, that's so out of order. It's so out of order. It's easy to say he's a deadbeat dad, but you've never heard anybody say a deadbeat mother. That would be so offensive. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. The pastor said a deadbeat mother. How dare you? I bore you into this world. And I... Well, what gives you the right to call a man deadbeat? Because you don't understand his issue. Because David said that my sin began to eat at me. He said, I begin to, to, to smell the stench of this sin in my life. It was so painful that he never truly recovered. Because when his son did it to his daughter, he didn't know what to do. When his son tried to take over his kingdom, he didn't know what to do. When his son tried to come in and David took out running, one mistake that you never recover from can cause you to be on the run the rest of your life. And you're afraid to discipline your children. You're afraid to chastise. You're afraid to lead because of a mistake in your life because somebody said that you did this 20 years ago. Don't live just from repentance. God wants you to recover. He wants you to recover. The characteristics of a relentless father, they're relentless in readjusting their faith, relentless in repentance and recovery. And then number three, they're relentless in restoring and rewarding the prodigals in their life. That's me right there. I can talk about my, my dad has been so relentless in restoring me and rewarding me. And we can talk about the perfectness of God. He, he's a good God. He, he's so relentless in his, 
efforts to restore and reward us. What are you talking about? The prodigal son. He leaves his father's house. He takes all of his possessions and he wastes his possessions freely. When he sees that he has no more, he goes and he becomes a slave to somebody else. But then something on the inside of him wakes up and says, wait a minute. I would do better to be a slave in my daddy's house. Because at least in my daddy's house, I'm going to eat well. I'm going to live well. But here it is. Sometimes the relentless father has to restore and reward what has gone away. Leaving what has been provided for you how many of us have left the place where the father had provision for you what has been taken away to gain the whole world and lose your soul and mom and daddy sitting there saying lord jesus and that father sitting there saying she's got to come back she's got to come back i'm gonna keep my arms open what has failed life without purpose the parable of the prodigal son gives us a clear picture of restoration in how his father understood that he had made a choice to live his life outside of his father's wealth. Although he wasted his fortune, his father reaches to him by celebrating his bravery to return home. Relentless restoring represents the place of a father's open arms. Can I talk to you about Jesus? Can I talk to you about God? He's relentless. Fathers are relentless. They learn how to keep their arms open. I'm learning how to keep my arms open with my children. People look nowadays and they say, man, you should do this and you should do that and you should do this. It, it, it's not easy just to kick your children out like it was when my daddy put me out because we had some type of grace 20-some years ago. There ain't no grace right now for these kids. You kick them out and they might not ever come back home. They probably show up. Pastor's daughter died because he kicked her out. Pastor's son went to jail because police arrested him. There's so much danger now that a father has to keep. And guess what? Y'all just weak parents. Y'all need to, well, I mean... I would rather be a weak father and have my children with me than be a father that provokes them to wrath and they go out here and lose all their life and make a mockery of their, of their life. 25 years ago, and you're going to get out of here, Reverend, today, they didn't even got to be doing nothing wrong. Fathers, we got to keep our arms open. We got to keep our arms open to our daughters. We can't just raise our daughters. We got to love our daughters. We can't just raise our sons. We got to love our sons. We got to learn how to put them in our arms and hold them. We got to learn how to laugh with them. We got to learn how to understand them. We, we got to learn that in this generation, Instagram, Facebook, all of this other stuff is the only thing that they want to know about. That is their popularity. That is their culture. That is their mindset. We've got to keep our arms open 
that one day they may leave the place of provision, but when they return, the Bible says, train them up in the way that they should go. They grow old and they desire to leave that they will not go far. The relentless father has everything to do with you understanding that God controls your destiny. I need some fathers in here to just lift your hand and begin to say, I'm going to recover my purpose. I'm going to readjust my faith. and I'm going to be relentless in restoring my generations, restoring my family, and restoring the community of broken men that are lost and hurt and bruised. Can my fathers stand on their feet today? I want you to stand on your feet. I want you to come here and I want you to just lift your hands right where you are. Lift your hands. I need you to understand that nobody ever taught us that when we look at the creation of man, there is no layout of how to handle when your girl eat off the tree. I mean, what do I do? Because in the game, they say, I'll take it. You messed up, I'll take it. But we laugh at that in the Bible. What do I do when my family goes amok? How do I handle it? We, we don't have that in the, in, in the place of Adam. We, we don't see it. We, we only hear God gave him a job and man should have a job and man should be over his wife. How do I be over somebody that, that I never really knew? I just, she just came out of me and y'all said woman of flesh and all of this. Stuff. Can we just be real? Can we just lay this out? That's the problem in church right now. You meet a girl and think that you're the head of her life when you don't even know what the head of your life is. Ooh, submit to me. You don't even know what that means. She don't know what it means. And we put it on you because the Bible said it. But have we taught our fathers how to be relentless in faith? When are we going to step out and walk through these communities and show our faces Get down to the boys club. Get down to these places and begin to father young men that are abandoned by their fathers and men that have left their home. When are we going to get to that place? When, women, are we going to restore fathers back to their place? Because guess what? You can't father that boy. You can't father that daughter. I know that you're the nurturing mother, but you cannot be a father and a mother. You can only be a mother, and a father can only be a father. It takes two to raise a village. This nation is broken without fathers. I don't care what y'all say. It's broken without fathers because we know how to be tough when nobody else will be tough. We know how to let that little boy fall down on the ground and say, don't run to him and pick him up and kiss him. Let him fall and feel the pain of what it feels like to fall off of a bike. Don't you pick him up and kiss him on his cheek because you're demasculating him. You're causing him to always run to help when he should look up for help. To be strong. Let the father 
Take control of that crazy boy. Let the father sit down and talk to that girl. Let him tell him the stories of how men pimp women. Let him tell him the stories about how it is to live on the street. We got to allow fathers to tell their stories. I need y'all to pray with me because I'm, I'm looking for a moment where we can begin to restore men that are behind on their child support. Men that can't go to work. Can't get a driver's license because of child support. When you ain't using the money on the kid anyway. Walking around with fake Gucci and clubbing and cruising and all of this other stuff and your kid is just as raggedy in education as they can be. Can I just say it? I'm going to tell y'all the truth. And y'all going to stand with me because women, I've been on your side for a long time. But our men need some help. We need a push. We need some encouragement. We don't need you telling us how bad we are. We don't need you telling us how awful we are. We need you to give us our ego back. We need you to restore us back in our community. We need you to support us when we say no. We need you to support us when we say no. We need you to understand that we're going to make some major mistakes in leading our communities. There was no perfect man in the Bible. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking right now to all of the broken men right there. I need you to lift your hand, son. I need you to lift your hand. I need you to come off the street. I need you to come out of that jail. I need you to come off of drugs. And I want God to restore you right now. I'm declaring that the greatest day in your life is going to happen right now. That God has already redeemed you. And that he has put you in a place to lead your generations to recover to restore to readjust I'm declaring it today that fathers will live again because I lived in a shell of being ashamed as a father because I thought that if I didn't have millions of dollars in my pocket and, and, and I didn't have the white picket fence and I wasn't able to do this and I wasn't able to do this, that I wasn't a good man because society has put so many things on us. And we drink it away. We smoke it away. We sex it away. We don't know we're on the run. Lift your hands, fathers. I'm declaring that you're going to restore your fatherhood today. I'm declaring you'll be a great father. I'm declaring to all my men that you'll learn how to recover. That you'll learn how to stand. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bless our fathers today. Bless our fathers today, O God. Father, bless us and grant us the grace to stand in places that we don't understand. Even we don't understand. And we're trying to get everybody else to understand. But Father, give us the grace to be relentless in readjusting our faith. Give us the grace to be relentless in repentance and recovery. Give us the grace 
and being relentless and restoring and rewarding. Do the work every day. You have something that you don't want to do every day. Challenge yourself to be uncomfortable. Push past the apathy and laziness and fear. Otherwise, the next day you're going to have two things that you did not want to do. Then three and five, four and five, and pretty soon you can't even get back to the first thing. Then all you can do is beat yourself up for the mess you created. And now you've got a mental barrier to go along with the physical barriers of not being relentless and readjusting, not being relentless and restoring and rewarding, being relentless in recovery and repentance. Happy Father's Day to all of my fathers. Let's put our hands together in Jesus' name. If you want to be saved today, I want you to lift your hand. I want everybody to close your eyes. If you want to be saved today, you want to walk in the redeeming grace of salvation today, I want you to understand that God has already redeemed you the moment that he created you before the foundations of the world. That Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, was sent into the world so that you would have life more abundantly through the sacrifice of his life. I want you to lift your hand if you want to be saved today by confessing that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried and he was risen and rose again. By asking him to forgive you of all of your sins and confessing that you are not good enough to lord over your life. That your life is a failure without him. That your destiny is broken without Jesus Christ. And that you want to come into this fold. Simply say, I ask you to come into my heart today. I ask you to live in my life today. And I ask you to be my Savior and my Lord. I, I ask you to justify me. I, I ask you to sanctify me. I, I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to restore me back to my original intent to have dominion and authority in the earth. You, you want to rededicate your life today. You want to reconnect with this relentless spirit of grace, favor. It's simply by just saying, Lord, I ask that you allow me to reconnect with you. Father, I give you this day. You want to join the Rock Church today. You're looking for pastor. You're looking for church home. I want you to raise your hand, forsaking not the assembly of the saints. Church is what you need. Church is not what you're supposed to have. It's what you need. Church is a need. It's not a want, it's a need. And churches supply the need that you need in your life. You need the grace of God. You need the truth and the knowledge of what it means to remain saved and sanctified and filled with the precious power of the Holy Ghost. The Rock Church is a place where your life matters, Jesus matters, and worship matters all the time. If you fit into one of those three areas, you raised your hand, I want you to come quickly to the altar here. 
I want you to meet me here today if you're looking for that place, if you're looking for pastoral covering, I want you to come here today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody put your hands together. Bless the name of the Lord.